Our text this morning is that um, slightly confusing gospel reading where it was a little cut off. That's a very strange thing. Uh, but uh, I wanted to use the part that was in your bulletin anyway, and that works out good. I would like to just uh, remind you of uh, verse 13 from the gospel reading in Matthew 2. Uh, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy it. This is our text. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, I, I was thinking about Joseph and how uh, awkward the position was that he was in, and um, it reminded me uh, just how dumb we all are in certain aspects of life uh, and helpless, really, to suppose that we could do stuff. Uh, I was thinking that we're all kind of dumb about being spouses and uh, parents. That one is particularly difficult. Uh, even just a simple thing like going to work, it, sometimes that in itself is uh, awkward and complicated and difficult. Being disciples of Christ, obviously very hard. Uh, I always complained, really almost my whole life, of all the various different things that have come my way. I remember uh, when I went off to uh, officer training, I felt like uh, I was really in the wrong place because I really didn't feel like I had any clue about how to be a military officer. I was probably right about that. Uh, it was amplified even more when I was a commanding officer. Um, there's this other problem of being a parent, which I am absolutely certain I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, and that hasn't changed even when it started. It's just gotten worse, actually. Um, when I went to the seminary, I said, this is really the wrong place for me. I have no idea what this looks like. And I felt sort of helpless that way. And being a pastor is really not any different. I have complained the whole way about being dumb and ignorant and foolish and not having any idea what I'm doing. That is still true to this day. And here I am anyway. It's like God doesn't care what I think. He just makes me do stuff. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening to Joseph here. Uh, no, no matter your most difficult place in life, whatever it has happened to be, Joseph's is worse <laughs> because of his tasking. It's unimaginable. He's called to be the guardian of Jesus. <laughs> it's beyond my understanding how that could possibly have been taken on as a burden that way. That we know him to be uh, what the scriptures call a righteous man in his faithful life before God. There really isn't any other way to do that. Uh, and, and we know that this is true because scripture says it's true. But he took up a potential scandal when he accepted Mary to be his wife because she was pregnant and it had nothing to do with him. And that must have been a little confusing until the angel showed up and sorted it out. But still, there would have to be some difficulty doing that, and he did it anyway. 
and then he finds himself earthly father to the son of the living God. Now you'd suppose he was chosen uh, by something in God's mind uh, because of his exceptional nature. I suppose as we sit here we honor him as such, but uh, if you have listened to scripture at all, anywhere, almost everywhere, you have to know that he's a sinner, just like the rest of us, because that's what he is if he's a human being. Uh, and it's just hard for us to see that. He, he must have been beyond troubled to know who he was responsible for as Jesus was in his care and his protection. The presence and the pressure must have been unimaginable. But certainly on the front end, when it was fresh in his mind, uh, you see him uh, losing Jesus when he's 12 years old, stuck in the temple. Uh, and I imagine he had kind of a heart attack when that happened. I would have, even if it wasn't the Son of God. And, and he has the responsibility at that level. And honestly, who, who could bear that? If you stay conscious of the problem, of the difficulty, of the urgency, of the absolute difficulty of looking after God's Son when He's not able to do it Himself yet, really something special and important. And next to the task of Joseph, we should all feel like amateurs <laughs> uh, just walking around in this life. It, it probably wasn't like uh, like most of us who have uh, to get our children to be, uh, well, I mean, we're supposed to, when we have children, they're in our care, that we're supposed to be lifting them up so that they can be productive human beings in the world, the godly human beings even. Uh, uh, we uh, have to worry about protection too, but uh, I, you got to wonder how that was with, with Jesus, because he was God. He's not going to be running around singing. But you know, I, I know that Joseph was mystified by him anyway, but he had to protect him. His, his, this was Christ. So all he had to worry about was keeping him from being killed. And, and so you see in this reading that uh, God directed him. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him to take him off to Egypt to protect him, and Joseph did that, apparently without hesitation, which is really pretty good. Um, but he, he must have been completely in the dark about how hard this was going to be. Uh, Jesus was a long way from adulthood where he could look after himself, where he would even be aware fully of who he was and what he was about. Uh, we, we don't really get that, I don't think. Even with the, the, the things that we have to do, uh, well, this is, for instance, looking after children, such as they are in this world, that's becoming more and more dangerous, more and more difficult. Uh, just from the things that they can get in without you even seeing, it's, it's kind of stunning, really. Uh, and, and still worse is trying to be a good image for your children to imitate. 
because we're all bloody sinners. And uh, as I said, we're not particularly good at raising children. Uh, discipleship is hard to do, let alone to display properly for people to look at. And, and human beings are sinners. You are sinners. Joseph was a sinner. And here we are trying to imagine somehow pleasing God through any of it. It's unimaginable. On top of that, I can't imagine being entrusted with the safety of the Son of God, of the Savior of the world, of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the pressure? This is still we are entrusted with things ourselves by God, with His work in the world. Is, is there... Is there if anybody's going to find out what Jesus was up to, the only people that are out there that can tell them is you. You are Christian people. You are the ones that believe this stuff. You are the ones that have seen it in, in, the, in the words that are presented to you, and, and you are responsible for that testimony of the things that Jesus did and why he did them. That's already hard enough. In his life and his death and his resurrection and all the word of the witnesses that he sent out is in your hands. You have heard a good bit of that witness as Christ uh, and as Christians living in the, the grace of Christ. We hold that testimony in our hands and it is for us to give away. So we have things that we know, the things that we know for ourselves, the things that we have received by faith of forgiveness of sins is, is probably the most important thing there is. And, 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 it's, and it's yours to do. You have baptism into Christ with this new life that he has issued. It's in your hands. You have the communion that has been laid in your hands as well. Your, your congregation has on this very altar uh, the, the body and blood of Christ for encouragement and for forgiveness. And, and think of the value of the things that are laid in your hands, the importance of them, the urgency of them. And you can almost understand Joseph, almost. All of it is valuable beyond measure to the people of this world, even to those that have not yet acknowledged it. It's life and death to you. So you know it is also for them. It's well enough understood for you to live it, to love one another, to realize your weakness, and to stand forgiven only by the grace of God. He sees you as holy, and he has entrusted you with these things. That's what all the testimony that has gone before you has accomplished in you. The, the Holy Spirit of God took the testimony that you have heard, the things that the, the eyewitnesses saw, and all of the things of Scripture, even in the Old Testament, and, and have laid them before you. And the Holy Spirit took that testimony, that baptism, that communion, and, and made you His own forever. And so you are. This is eternal promise. This is the protection that Joseph had laid in his hand to a very great extent uh, of Christ's things. And they are now in your hands, in your mouth.
and in your lives. Your divine trust received in faith like the guardians that have gone before you. Now this seems like a great heavy burden. Um, there's, if you're like me at all, then you're probably uh, on occasion complaining about the importance of it and the burden of it. But if you suppose by chance that you're not up to it, well, then you're going to have to take that up with God. Which I'm pretty sure you'll lose the argument. Because he chose you. Um, the Bible is full of very hesitant guardians. You can talk about Joseph first, I suppose, because he, he was responsible for taking Mary into his house, knowing the scandal that may well be attached, and that the Son of God was coming with her. Uh, David, you see uh, here in the Old Testament, and, and soon enough, his son Solomon would be king, and he supposed that he was too young to be king of these great people, and God made him do it anyway. Uh, Moses was hesitant of speech and said, don't send me, I don't know what I'm doing, and he got sent anyway. The whole Old Testament is like that. You're in good company. I mean, imagine trying to be Peter as he walked with Christ, afraid all the time that he wasn't worthy, that he was a sinner, that Jesus should just leave him alone. Uh, the only reason he ever took his foot out of his mouth is to put the other one in. I, I mean, this was... This is the nature of the people of Scripture. And so you're in good company. The, the best thing about all of this is with all of the forgiveness that you have received and all of the inspiration that can come with it, uh, well, you are going with no less than the Almighty God beside you and in you and with you to help you, to forgive you, to inspire you, and to love you forever with the promises of eternal life all along the way. That is who you become because of you being in God's hand and being taken into Christ's hands have become one of his own. This uh, last little bit of verse 15 uh, says that they went to Egypt because uh, when they would come back, which they would, um, uh, the, there would be a fulfillment of the prophet out of Egypt I called my son. But, and this, we can understand this a little bit because, uh, well, the Hebrew people came out of Egypt from slavery. Uh, Jesus is going to come back having been a refugee with his parents uh, until, well, Joseph's mission in life was to look after him until it was time, you might say. He had to be protected until it was time. And that time was coming. You have all come out of slavery of sin very much like the Hebrew people did. And you have all come as refugees to some extent to Christ's own hands and now you are entrusted as well with Christ. Not with his safety and not with his protection and not even with trying to raise him up. That must have been a nightmare. But just with his things in your hands. He forgave you and made you holy first. 
He claimed you as his own so that you would know that this is true. He's promised you all of heaven and earth to be your own, that life will be yours forever, that you will come to be with him, and then he laid all of this in your hands for people that you live with and that you walk with and that you are in the world with. You have Christ in your hands for the rest of the world to share. Uh, and, and this would seem to be a mighty responsibility. I suppose it must be. I have memories of my own, the first time I married somebody, the first time I conducted a funeral or gave communion or did a baptism. Those things were so terribly important. And, and they're all in your hands too. I, and I want you to understand that you do not walk alone, that you will never walk alone, that you have the grace of God in your hearts and in your hands and in your life, and that you need have no worry because he's with you to do the things that you do and to live with him in peace and love. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.